0: Hello, welcome back to the Drinking Liberally podcast, the show that combines good alcohol with some friendly political banter. I'm your host, Kevin Wilson, and this week, filling in for Jeff Fenner is Dennis Skeet. Hi, everybody. Dennis, welcome back.
1: Yeah, it's always good to be back.
0: Nice to have you here. You're taking over Jeff's spot, slowly but surely.
1: One step at a time, moving in.
0: (laughs) Keep an eye out, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff's, uh, Jeff's real busy this weekend for the holidays, so we're just recording a quick episode for you all. Got a lot to talk about and uh, some, you know, something to look forward to for some conservative listeners of ours that, you know, trash the fact that we're a liberal-leaning show. We will uh, we'll give you a little story later on when it comes to fake news where we'll call out one of our own here. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, it should be exciting. But before that, we've got a lot of other topics to cover. So Dennis, you ready to talk some news over Bruce? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So let's kick off our Labor Day weekend with the Standard. It's a hoppy farmhouse ale from Prairie Artisan Ales out of Oklahoma. So it's uh, brewed out of Krebs, Oklahoma. uh, They've got a few tap rooms all across the state. It's a very interesting beer. 5.6% alcohol by volume. It's pretty light and crisp. Uh, It's a saison, technically. A little hint of lime and a hoppy finish to it, courtesy of the uh, Motu Eka Hops.
1: What's this farmhouse ale thing? Is that a real thing or is that just like something they made up?
0: (laughs) So I actually had to look this up myself. I didn't know off the top of my head what a farmhouse ale was. And it sounds like most people don't either. Uh, It's a very, it's not a single style of beer. Mm -hmm. It actually encapsulates a broader category of styles. So where like a Saison would fall into a farmhouse ale. It covers such a wide gamut of brewing styles and tastes Hmm. that... It's hard to pin down a single definition of a farmhouse ale, but well, this one's got a little bit of a, a hay smell to it, which certainly, I think, puts it into the farmhouse category. Okay. <laughs> Wish I had a better answer for you there, but yeah. it is pretty broad.
1: No problem. Uh, it, yeah. I'd say it tastes good. I actually like it.
0: I like this a lot. Yeah, it's very, very crisp, and the fact that it has that hoppy finish to it, it's kind of combining that, the ale taste with uh, the IPAs that I love. Yeah. So, this is a good middle ground for me. Now, I was looking at this can, the design on it, and Dennis, you explained this a little bit to me, but there's a bunch of pictures on here, and it says, "How to noodle?" Which yeah, I had no idea what noodling was, but you did, so can you explain that?
1: Well, so I do not know what noodling is, but I use my amazing detective skills okay <laughs> but yeah, looking at these images, I'm like, okay, it's a weird guy, he's moving his hand around, and then I'm seeing pictures of like what i'm has to be a catfish. Yeah, definitely. Pretty awesome catfish with a cigarette and a and a little maybe trucker hat on <laughs> which I think is awesome. But um but yeah, then I see like the guy the catfish has got the guy by the hand and then next picture the guy's holding a catfish. So I'm thinking, Oh, this maybe noodling is somehow catching catfish or something like that.
0: Yeah, so uh, maybe the catfish doesn't have him by the hand, but he's got the catfish True. by its mouth.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe he's holding on to its uh, its tongue or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is uh, probably the most unique uh, can design I've ever seen on this show, at least. Uh, it's pretty good. I do love the catfish picture on here. We'll post a picture of this to our Instagram so you can all take a look as well. I love this little catfish with the cigarette hanging out of his mouth yeah. and the hat on top. No,
1: I, I think that's cool. I, I, I like that. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, pra- the Prairie Artisan Ales Standard Farmhouse Ale. It's both uh, delicious and educational if you're into fishing. Yeah, so.
1: <laughs> it's good to know. It's a quiz over the weekend, quizzing your friends about what noodling is. Seem like you're smart.
0: Yep. <laughs> so I, while you were mentioning all that, I had to look up more information. And apparently noodling is illegal in a number of states. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. <laughs> I guess it's, uh, it can be a little dangerous and disrupts environmental no habitats of the catfish. Interesting. Yeah. So go
1: figure. Yeah. Still a tasty beer though.
0: <laughs> Still a very tasty beer. And if you're out noodling this uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, stay safe. Stay away from the law out there. Just <laughs> enjoy a nice beer, catch some catfish. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump into our topics for the week. Then the first one is going to be about the G7 summit that took place um, on the 24th through the 26th over in France. And now the G7 is, uh, stands for the group of seven. It's uh, seven major countries, United States, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, and the United Kingdom, that all get together to discuss global issues. Uh, it used to actually be the G8, up until 2014, um, at which point Russia was kicked out after they annexed Crimea. Hmm. So as punishment, they were kind of booted from this. Yeah. But that's not really stopping Donald Trump from trying to get Russia readmitted, huh?
1: Yeah, he's really been pushing hard. I think even before he got elected in his campaign, he was talking about how Russia should be brought back into the G7 or, you know, G8. Um, and, you know, if it was just that by itself, it'd be like, okay, that's a little weird since they've basically annexed or, you know, claimed the territory of another country, Ukraine. Um, but... uh you know, within all of the Russian interference and stuff, the fact that he's just still out there, you know, pushing this thing is very interesting.
0: Yeah. uh, He has to know how this looks, right? Yeah. How it's going to be portrayed. You know, it's...
1: Yeah, of course.
0: And it's just wild that he doesn't want to... I mean, he always likes to forge his own path for right or wrong, usually wrong. Yeah. Um, But this is one where the rest of the international community was pretty clear in union condemning Russia's actions back in 2014 Mm -hmm. and saying, you can't just take a piece of a sovereign country for yourself. And Russia has been under a number of sanctions since then, but we really haven't done anything more than a little slap on the
1: wrist. No, not at all. And, And the thing is like, you know, the president likes to talk about how, you know, other president has been harder on Russia than he has. <laughs> and you know I guess I guess there's a world where arguing that Russia get back into the G eight makes some sense. But even if you even if we were in that world, you don't just let them back in for nothing. Yeah. You know? there to like be there's, some concessions. Right. There. There's gotta be some concessions. They have to leave Crimea. They need to maybe Pay, you know, for something like it's not just, you know, you don't just let them back in and just say, all for forgiven, you know. So it, it just doesn't smell right, no,
0: definitely not. But you know, it wasn't Russia's fault that they annexed Crimea. You know, Trump uh, came out and said that it was Barack Obama's fault. Oh, that's yeah, interesting, of that's course, funny. right? Yeah, put a gun to Putin's head and said, You better do this. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, in Trump's head, I guess. <laughs> so just to add to how it doesn't smell right. Trump also went out of his way to block a $250 million military aid package to the Ukraine. Yeah. Which they're counting on that money to help hold Russia back because Russia, it seems, is pretty hell-bent on just taking all of the Ukraine at some point. Right. And that could go a long way to preventing that from happening anytime soon. So you just got to wonder, why does he keep siding with Russia over our own allies So many times.
1: Yeah, over and over and over again. And uh, all I can say to that is I really wish I could see those uh, tax returns. That would be really interesting. But, uh, yeah.
0: it provide a little bit of clarity, I think, at this point. I think it would help. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the other major topics from the G7. So all these countries convened to discuss climate change. You know, we we touched on last week how we've got these wildfires raging across um, not only the Amazon, but many other parts of the globe, Mm -hmm. and we're seeing fires in areas that have never historically seen wildfires at all, let alone ones of this scale. So it's a very pressing topic right now, one that deserves the attention of every major leader of every major country out there. But uh, clearly Donald Trump didn't agree because he just flat out skipped the climate meeting.
1: Yeah, he had no time for it.
0: You know, he made an excuse or his aides made an excuse that he had another meeting scheduled with Germany, except Angela Merkel was at the climate change meeting. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know who you're meeting with. That was more important than their own leader. But, I mean, he's been showing us his true colors on climate change from day one of his candidacy. He doesn't give a shit about the environment. His administration doesn't care. Everyone he appoints is a former like coal lobbyist mm-hmm. or oil lobbyist to the EPA. Yep, they're not going to be doing anything to protect the environment anytime soon. Like we should have seen this coming back with the uh, the Paris Accords Absolutely. when he pulled us out of that.
1: And I and I think I think it's very clear here, and I don't I don't think I'm leaning into my liberalism or partisanship to say this, but I think it's just clear that um, this form of the Republican Party. They put the interests of the corporations and profit making over the planet and over the climate, and I, th- I think we should just accept that. I don't. I don't. I, h- I hope that's not a controversial statement. I mean, in every step of the way, they have just decided that you know profits and um, stock prices and that kind of stuff is just more important. And I guess if if you're with that, then that's fine. But I mean, I disagree with it, but. You know i think that's just that's just the philosophy that they have
0: yeah i don't think it's fine to agree with it um man we're not gonna have a planet anymore the planet and the environment used to be something that people cared about like do you remember growing up when they banned all those chemicals from aerosol cans because they were causing a massive hole in our ozone layer
1: yeah absolutely like
0: People said, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, we don't want to bake to death, get skin cancer with this this hole that's protecting us from the radiation from the sun." Yeah, and for some reason, over the last you know twenty five, thirty years, people just stopped caring, and and or too many people stopped
1: caring. And I don't want to go too off track here, but I was um, doing some research and reading into some stuff, um, and I heard that the the Koch family, you know had a real big part in this in that they just funded a ton of the climate change, like denier research and, and reports and everything. And, you know, everything I've, I've heard is that like David Koch, who, you know, passed away and everything. uh, These guys are smart guys and scientific and, you know, they were, again, their industries and their companies benefited from being able to not have to deal with these regulations, and they were just pushing anything that opposed those regulations, and the amount of money they dumped into this stuff, I think, is massive, and you know, I, I think that's the only thing, or, or, you know, the the effort to push against that stuff is the thing that, that got us where we are today, because I remember when, when the whole ozone thing happened, there really wasn't an argument, it was just This is a thing and we need to do this. And people weren't, I don't remember a big thing about people saying like, no, this is fake. You know, it was just like, okay, you know, let's, let's make this change. And that's that. Like we trusted
0: our scientists. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It wasn't much to it.
0: For those of you that are lucky enough to not know who the Koch family is. uh, So they're the owners of the second largest privately owned company in the United States. They pull in over like a hundred billion dollars a year. Coke Industries does, and they they have their hands in like everything. Yeah, pretty much anything you do in America, they they're behind the scenes somewhere. They've got some kind of ownership stake in just about every company out there. But they're most famous for their oil business. Mm -hmm. That's where they made the most of their money. So they like to fund efforts to crack down on public transportation and. Any regulation in general that's going to help the environment but hurt oil.
1: Yeah, they've, they've been really big and in, in knocking down a lot of the, um, the light rail and train plans, the, the high speed trains and mm-hmm. stuff that they've tried in like California and other places. Like they've been pumping tons of money to make sure those things don't happen because I guess, you know, anything like that takes away from the consumption of, of oil, which is a big part of their business.
0: Yeah, and a positive part. Of that story, some positive news, finally. Uh, Over in Phoenix, Arizona, they had made this massive push to ban the light rail, Mm -hmm. but uh, that went up for a vote, and the people of Phoenix overwhelmingly voted in favor of the light rail, despite the coke backed propaganda that was going out. So, small victories, but I'll take
1: it. Yeah, little steps, one step at a time, and hopefully some of these things can get momentum and we can start getting light rails or high-speed train stations put up around
0: yeah, but the cokes are like case study number one as to why we need to get money and lobbying out of politics. Absolutely. So speaking of regulations, uh, the Trump administration also wants to gut regulations on methane, Ugh. which is makes up about 10% of our emissions and greenhouse gas emissions in this country. And he's doing this to save oil and gas industries a whopping $17 million a year. That's just that's a drop in the bucket for those kind of yeah, industries
1: that's that's nothing
0: it's just displaying utter contempt for the environment at this point, yeah,
1: I saw this and I said, you know who cares not who cares, but like is this the biggest deal out there so i I did look into this a bit, and I read that methane we we focus a lot on c o two right and and it's damage to um our environment by, you know, accelerating the warming and all that kind of stuff. I read that methane, um, which over several decades, deteriorates into CO2. I said, okay. But while it's still methane before it's deteriorating to CO2 is does 86 times more damage to our climate or causes 86 times more warming than CO2 does. So it's like, this is a, terrible, terrible, you know, emissions that we have and reducing any regulations on this is just, it's absolutely insane.
0: Yeah. This is so crazy that even a bunch of oil companies are like, no, nah, we don't have to go that far. Yeah. <laughs> that That's saying something.
1: And so I, what I heard is the divide is between the major um, oil companies and then the kind of smaller ones. Gotcha. And the, the major ones, they're I guess smart enough to realize, hey this probably isn't a good look for us. Let's kind of keep some of these regulations where the smaller ones, you know, it's you know, it's probably a big expense relative to their revenue to keep up with these regulations, so they're the ones pushing for it. Got it. But uh but the big ones at least are saying, yeah, overall this is not good if we if anyone can just kind of pollute as much put as much methane uh, gas emissions in the atmosphere, and and the thing is, I don't even think it's a matter of them thinking like we need to save the environment, as opposed to them just saying it's a bad PR. Oh for yeah, one hundred percent. If like they the, cared
0: about the environment, they yeah. would have taken action years ago. Yeah. So yeah, Exxon themselves did uh, climate change studies back in the seventies, predicting what we're seeing now, and they sat on it. Yeah, absolutely. In the name of profits, so. Yeah, it's just crazy because this White House and Trump's EPA just hate the environment so much. So, so much. He even came out against the $22 million aid package that the other G7 leaders were prepared to offer Brazil to help fight the Amazon wildfires.
1: $22 million.
0: Which is, again, another drop in the bucket to save the planet.
1: Hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe, tens of billions. You know, when when you hear about major efforts, global efforts to counteract something, usually you're talking about the hundreds of millions to billions, 22 million to basically help protect what people call like the lungs of the planet. It sequesters the most uh, CO2 of any kind of thing on on our planet. 22 million is is just nothing.
0: The... Twitter response to this that rightfully was poking fun at how small of a sum that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Twitter user Pablo Hidalgo responded to the news of the 22 million by saying Netflix paid 100 million to stream Friends.
1: <laughs> that's so awesome.
0: Someone else had written about how when uh, Notre Dame caught fire, families pledged billions of dollars to restore the cathedral within days.
1: That's a great That's a great comparison. So, yeah.
0: And we can get 20 million for the Amazon.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, for a building which has great cultural significance to get over a billion and the freaking Amazon rainforest to get 22 million and and then Trump doesn't even like support that. Like, that's just that's too much or that or we shouldn't give anything. It's just it's just hard to. Yeah it's hard and to fathom.
0: It's made worse at the end of the day by the fact that Bolsonaro flat out said he'd turn down any offers of aid regardless. Yeah. So, he'll just spite himself while his country burns.
1: Yeah, and, and and the thing that's that sucks and again, we've we've seen this all around the world with Brexit and Trump and um Brazil now, but you know, this this kind of populist or I would call it maybe fake populist yeah, move is just You know, he's saying like, "Look, we're gonna deforest and we're gonna develop, and you know, to hell with you know environment and all that other stuff. Who cares? Like, there's profits to be made. Let's make those profits." Which is sad.
0: Uh, It's it's so frustrating. And you know, you brought up Brexit a second ago, so let let's tackle uh, Boris Johnson over at the G7. Uh, He had come out prior saying that even he thinks that Donald Trump's trade war with China risks plunging our global economy into a recession. And meanwhile, we got Trump on the other side saying, I think they, meaning the G7 leaders, respect the trade war. No, everyone sees how dumb of an idea this is, except for you.
1: Yeah. Boris Johnson, I don't know enough about him and enough about what's happening over there. But I will say that he's actually a really intelligent person. And um, Trump is not an intelligent person, in my opinion. And I feel like what he's doing in the u k you know there's 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 some balance in a sense like he's he's using his populist you know kind of support to go in certain ways when it comes to brexit but um but he's not an idiot, and you know he's not trying to you know doom the planet from what I can see yeah, not yet at least
0: yeah <laughs>
1: hopefully. It stays that way.
0: Yeah, so let's... Uh, we'll wrap up the G7 talk now and move on to our next topic then. But uh, before we do, let's have a little more of this uh, the standard farmhouse sale.
1: Yeah, let me, let me p- pop another one open. I need a new one. I've been waiting.
0: <laughs> nice, uh, that was good timing. Perfectly uh, synchronized. It was perfect. So our next topic today is going to be about uh, Trump's uh, love and now hate relationship with Fox News. Which... I didn't think I'd be saying that, but uh if
1: you're <laughs> you're gonna have to educate me on this one because i I think I heard a little about this, but i don't I'm not really sure what's going on here
0: yeah, so uh as we touched on at the end of last week's episode, Fox News revealed a poll that showed Donald Trump down in a lot of areas mm-hmm. and losing to a number of democratic candidates, and clearly, Trump saw it, and he did what he always does, he ran to Twitter to complain about it, and throughout this tweet where he says. I don't want to win for myself. I only want to win for the people. Hmm. The new Fox News is letting millions of great people down. We have to start looking for a new news outlet. Fox isn't working for us anymore.
1: Interesting.
0: If that doesn't send, like, shutters down your spine, like, Fox isn't working for us anymore?
1: What does that even mean? Yeah,
0: I mean, we know what it means. <laughs> yeah, he thinks Fox News is there to serve him and his administration to get his messaging out, and to defend him. That's what he thinks it is. And 99.9% of the time, Fox News is exactly that. Yeah, true. Where they're just a borderline propaganda machine. But frankly, their polling isn't terrible. In fact, it's actually pretty good, and in line with other standards across the country. Tends to pretty much come to the same conclusions. They've got good data, and they do their polls correctly. Uh, So that's one area where they've always been honest in comparison. Yeah. And it's startling to me that Trump is coming out here saying, you know, they're not working for us anymore. But what he really means is they're not working for me anymore. Of course. Which, come on, turn on Fox News any minute. They're still working for you, Donald. Don't worry. Yeah. But a lot of the anchors came out just flat out were saying, yeah, we don't work for you. (laughs) Which, kudos to them, but... You know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> when you keep holding his water for him, it's really undercuts you saying that you don't work for the White House.
1: Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to just, just as a little case study to see. I mean, we don't have enough time. Uh, I think between before now and the election, but it'd be interesting In to see. The end of democracy, right? Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's really what it is. But it'd be interesting to see like like how this relationship between Fox and and Trump moves around as, like, Fox tries to, like, pretend they're a legitimate news media company, but then at the same time, you know, just kind of, like, is a propaganda machine. Um, But then as Trump, like, attacks them for, you know, the, the times that they try to just tell the truth and not, you know, you can't lie about everything. Right. And he, he clearly does not uh, agree with that 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 comment.
0: So the other startling line in there is that second to last line in the quote in the tweet saying we have to start looking for a new news outlet. Whoa. Which how much further right than Fox News are you getting? Is he suggesting people go to Breitbart now for their news?
1: Yeah, I that even that's crazy.
0: So I think this ties into that the rumors and speculation we heard prior to the election mm-hmm. when a lot of people just thought him running for president was a just a marketing ploy yeah because there was talk about him starting up his own tv network that
1: that is true i do remember that yeah
0: so i think this is him just planting the seed again saying in case i'm out of office in 2020 or 2021 i guess Oh God. there'll be a new news outlet the trump one that won't fail you the way fox did I think that's what this is because he's always thinking about himself and how he can enrich himself further. It would not surprise me if soon we we hear rumblings about him starting up his own
1: network. This is actually terrifying to me that and, and you know, I've we've talked about this before as well, just people in this administration leave and uh and they get like nice little cushy jobs. But the idea that Trump would leave office and then you know, go on to own a national news outlet that has great influence on our uh, democracy is just something that I wasn't really thinking about before now, and I'm terrified.
0: Yeah, it, it is scary, and it's essentially the equivalent of just, I mean, if he started today, it'd just be state TV, which yeah. is so antithetical to a democracy. Yeah. We don't need that. But, I think even he has the sense to wait till he's out of office and he'll use it as a crutch afterwards that, you know, if he does lose in 2020, he'll spend all day, every day and have his people on that network talking about how it was rigged against him and, you know, who cheated and needs to go to jail for this. And he'll still be riling up the country long after he's out of
1: office. I think I had this kind of like this, this fantasy that regardless of the terrifying thought of him getting reelected but the the fantasy that when he actually does leave the office that he'll just disappear and reading this now i'm i'm realizing he's not going anywhere it only makes sense that if he leaves he'll have some kind of news whether it's whether it's fox itself or some news new new news outlet but he'll have some voice and if there's anything that we've seen oh. uh it's that It'll be full of lies mm-hmm. because that's what he just does on a regular basis. So and, and if he's got 25 to 30 percent of the country that are immediate, you know, subscribers to this, I'm 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 just terrified.
0: all right. Take a deep breath. Have yeah. A little bit of that. Uh, I'm going to take a standard ale. I'm going to take a couple <laughs> sips. <laughs> Yeah but that that's been the end game for a lot of these people in Trump's orbit who come into the White House, they lie for him and then rather than crawling back to some hole afterwards, they find nice cushy jobs at places like Fox News. So we like Sarah Sanders, our former press secretary, just got another a job at Fox News. Yeah. She's going to be starting on uh Trump's favorite show Fox and Friends in September. Oh my god. Right. So she'll be there every morning just blowing up his ego, doing what she did from the pulpit. Right. Um, And she's being brought on to uh, provide political commentary, according to Fox. So I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of award-winning takes coming out of her mouth.
1: This is just like, we, we already know this. We already have evidence, right? Like something comes on, Fox and Friends, and then Trump tweets about it, you know, like five minutes later. And then I'm sure now... Trump will be telling Sarah Sanders things that should be said on Fox and Friends, and then he will retweet it. It's just going to be this echo exactly. chamber. It's it's yeah. this is this is going to be phenomenal. It's oh the worst God. feedback loop. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know if you saw this news about another former press secretary. Actually, okay. Sean Spicer. Yeah, is he going to be joining the cast of Dancing with the Stars this season.
1: Yeah, which.
0: Come on, ABC. You guys fucking kidding me with this?
1: This this is really This pisses me off, and I know it shouldn't. I should just ignore this and let it slide. Okay, it's it's one thing to have this revolving door between the White House and Fox News because most of us don't take Fox News seriously anyway. It's just clear that they make up stuff and do whatever, but this this whole thing, you know, it's like this is a guy that for, was paid he was paid to lie to the American people mm-hmm. about what's going on in our government. And, and now, instead of him just being pushed aside and said, look, man, go away. Like, we don't need you anymore. Uh, we're, we're just kind of putting him into pop culture. And he had this whole thing. What was it? Was it the Oscars or the... Um, that Spicer came out for... A while back, oh yeah, I think it was an award show. Yeah, Might have been the Oscars. Yeah, I think it was the Oscars, and he came out and he did some little thing, and people were like criticizing that, but they, also they laughed. The Emmys, That's the Emmys. What it was. Okay, yeah, they laughed. You know, when he came out and did the whole thing, but it's just like no, like these are people that like, lied to the Americans about all kinds of things that are happening, have no shame, and and this kind of little PR. You know, I'm going to do my tour around, and and then next thing you know, we're going to be seeing them on, in all kinds of popular media. It's just, it's just, it really it's very frustrating
0: off. to see. And like, I'm all for you know second chances mm-hmm. and all of that for people that have shown contrition. Yeah. Like Sean Spicer has never apologized for any of the damage that he's done from his position in the no, White House, not at all. And I, I believe he doesn't think he did anything wrong.
1: Yeah, he was just. Following but orders, I, he was I, just doing what he was told to do.
0: So in that case, come on, you got to shun this guy from polite society. I think. Yeah, uh, he shouldn't have this spot on Dancing with the Stars, and even the you know even the host of uh, the show, Tom Bergeron, had to come out with a statement because uh, Bergeron's pretty anti-Trump if you've seen his Twitter account, mm. and he talked about how he was really distressed about making this into a political statement, um, and that's what it is. This is just meant to drum up attention. For ABC like they know people are gonna watch now because they're outraged about it they'll be waiting for him to be voted off first yeah Um, so eyes are gonna turn to the show but it just I cringe immediately just having him like imagining him thinking that it'll be fun to poke fun at himself and turn this into some kind of rehabilitation tour for his image that's not what I want to see Like, I know the show's had um, political people on it before. Like, Rick Perry was on a few seasons ago. They haven't shied away from having, you know, controversial figures on there. But I think this is next level at this point.
1: Yeah, um, uh, uh, I'm just sick of this.
0: Last thing I'll say about that is he better not get partnered up with Sharna. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dennis, you were telling me something just before uh, we got on mic about... You know, we were talking about politics and culture and the intersection of those two things. Yeah. And you brought up something that happened right in our backyard where we're recording. Uh, You want to tell our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, This um, past Monday, August 26th, we had the um, MTV Video Music Awards in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, the funny thing, which I just can't get over, is that anyone from New Jersey knows like, we're caught in between New York and Philadelphia for our major media markets, and so we just get no love. Like, there's so many times where events will happen in, like, North New Jersey, and they'll pretend like it's New York. Um, it's show- like
0: the New York Giants and New York Jets play in yeah. Rutherford, New Jersey, yeah. four miles from here.
1: <laughs> and then when they, when they do the pan out shots, they always show Manhattan, yep. and it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. You're you, you wrong state, man You don't want to show the marshlands, the metal lands. Yeah, exactly, and, and I get it there's, <laughs> nothing, there's nothing great to see over there Anyway, the funny thing is that The VMAs this year, they actually Like, played up The New Jersey aspect of the awards Like, they didn't pretend to be New York They had uh, people from uh, Sopranos come and present They had a lot of uh, um, New Jersey hip-hop acts Perform uh, Naughty by Nature and Fetty Wap Queen Latifah and they just they just played up the the new aspect They had a performance from um the Stone Pony in Asbury Park that they kind of like played the interesting thing about this is that new York York is going through like a water crisis, which again, I guess I forgive anyone because I kind of forgot about it as well that it's been kind of bubbling bef- below the surface and not really like a major news story but um It's not the same as Flint, Michigan, but they they discovered, like, elevated uh, lead levels in Newark drinking water, and apparently what happened was in order to um, meet some regulation, they changed the pH levels of the water, and that raised the acidity level, which then made the measures that they put in the water to prevent corrosion of lead pipes inactive or not work as well and then uh, back in 2016 the lead levels in water just started spiking and they started finding it in schools and homes Um, and unfortunately it's just been like a complete disaster since then so they they're they're trying to fix this trying to figure everything out they gave out some um, uh, filters to people turns out the filters aren't working or some of them aren't working of course it's just it's just a complete mess. And and then I think just a couple of weeks ago, they ended up just like giving out massive amounts of bottled water to all residents and basically saying like, you need to use this to brush your teeth, to cook food, to wash food. Um, I think other than like showers, like you're not supposed to use the water from the taps. And in, in the schools that are affected, they just shut off the water to these schools. So the schools just can't use the water in the buildings at all. Um so for this whole VMAs thing they they there were there were protests um and I, I just found it really interesting to kind of follow the story once it kind of bubbled up um on some of the major news uh stations and and uh, publications
0: it was interesting to see that you know Newark gets its time to shine on the national stage with uh the VMAs and then it's kind of overshadowed in some ways by the protests outside. Yeah. And I understand why they're protesting there. You know, now you have a national platform. People right. can see this and you have exposure. So more power to them for protesting. and Absolutely. Trying to help out the people of Newark. So that's awesome. I mean, lead is such a dangerous material and can have such a wide range of negative impacts on childhood development Mm -hmm. like it can cause you to have problems with learning and reading leads to like just delayed growth in general it's been tied to um, inattentiveness and hyperactivity making children irritable there's so many terrible things that can happen with just elevated levels of lead in the water
1: I mean maybe not everyone's like aware of this but they had the whole thing of banning lead from paint Mm -hmm. uh, many decades ago uh, but that's still a thing. There's still places where there's there's lead paint, especially when you're talking about homes that are that are like very old or apartment buildings that are very old. There's still lead paint around. You know, they've said that there are no safe levels of lead. Right. Uh, it's, it's not like, oh, if you reach this level, then it's bad. But if you're under this level, it's OK. They, they said there's no safe levels of lead. So you just want to make it as low as possible and, and, and hopefully, you know, zero.
0: Yeah, and one one of the major things that was uh, regulated back when the EPA actually cared about people and the environment mm-hmm. and such, uh, they removed lead from gasoline. That was a huge oh, yeah. change. Yeah, um, yeah, that's why you, you'll still see today it says unleaded gasoline. And like, well, why are they? Why the distinction? So yeah, because it all used to be leaded gasoline, which is really really bad for both the environment and people around. That yeah, work with it that touch it that live nearby gas stations that were using that where it seeped into the ground. It's really just a terrible all-around situation. So that's a way, you know, we just talked about Sean Spicer being on Dancing with the Stars, um, which, yeah, again, that's probably not something that's going to keep us up at night, having that intersection of politics and pop culture. Mm -hmm. But here's an example of where that can actually be a positive thing, where people are using that pop culture platform to get a message out to help people that really need it. So if you're local in the New Jersey area, like we are, there are a number of water um, bottle drives. People are just taking cases of water, collecting them and donating them to Newark. Uh, We'll link to some of those in the footnotes. If you want to get involved and help
1: out over there. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So Uh, cheers, Dennis. Let's take a little uh, drink
0: break. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings us this week to our fake news of the week. I promised at the top that we'd be criticizing some liberals. And, you know, here it goes, guys. Get ready for it.
1: <laughs> this is what you've been waiting for. Yeah.
0: So this really pissed me off. Um, this took place this past Tuesday and has to do with uh, MSNBC. And Lawrence O'Donnell tweeted out and then talked about it on his own show. You know, breaking news. That a source told him, a source close to Deutsche Bank, Mm -hmm. told Lawrence O'Donnell that Russian oligarchs close to Putin had co-signed hundreds of millions of dollars in loans from that bank to Donald Trump himself. Which, holy shit, if that was true. Pretty explosive stuff. That is insane. Um, That is the most direct tie that we've seen. But then he had to issue a retraction because guess what? He had one source that was just kind of close to Deutsche Bank, didn't actually work there and never actually saw these checks. Mm. O'Donnell himself never saw these checks as evidence. This is just awful all around because it's not news, it's gossip.
1: Yeah, this is bad.
0: News organizations shouldn't be spreading gossip around. You're not Fox News. That's not what you're there to do. It undermines the credibility of journalists and essentially just gives Donald Trump a whole lot of ammunition to attack what he calls the fake news media. And when you do things like this, like what do you expect him to respond with? You got to understand how this is going to look. Yeah. But he just wanted to, you know, get his name out there, get the clicks, drag in some advertising revenue, maybe with a salacious story. And it's just completely inappropriate. And I'm not sure. So I go back and forth on what the kind of punishment for this should be yeah he he apologized, but i don't know do would I want him on air on my network for something like this
1: i i I think it's really bad, and it it's it is frustrating when you kind of put these two things next to each other and you see how on one side of the spectrum there's just lies and misleading statements all day. And on the other side of the spectrum, it's like you have one person who does something that's not above board and it becomes this major deal. And unfortunately, that's just the way things are. You know, if if on the left, we are going to make up things or not have you know, um, well-sourced um, references and going to cheat and, um, you know, try and just get the, the clicks and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's just going to take away all our credibility for everything. Yeah, and then we are no better than Fox News at right, that it point. Right, becomes, it becomes that equivalency where it's like, well, you know, we can rail about all the different things that the right may be doing. And they say, well, yeah, what about this and what about that? And even though maybe the scope, the the you know, is, the scale is not even comparable, it just really doesn't matter. People are going to say like, "Oh, well, these person said this," and it's going to look like, "Oh, both sides are bad," and and we just we just can't make mistakes like this. This we, is we this see is that awful. in
0: politics all the time, where it's just generalized across the board. When even though at this point we have one side that's actively fighting to save healthcare, one side actively fighting to take it away from people. Mm-hmm. Everyone's still like I hear it all the time. Well, all politicians are liars and corrupt. Yeah, maybe not all, but this is what happens when you have people that undermine your own cause. And I really hope other journalists out there take note and make sure you're checking all your facts before you come out with news like this. Again, we don't we're not here for gossip.
1: Yeah, don't, on the don't, nightly news. No, no time for it. I don't I don't want to hear or care about any gossip. I want things that have been backed up and checked, double-checked, you know, referenced, uh, uh, sourced by multiple sources. Like, yeah, there's plenty of places that we can go for gossip. Yeah. Called Um, Twitter. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, speaking of Facebook and social media, it's like, I know that if things that I see on Twitter or Facebook, maybe not everyone knows this, sadly, but I know that there's a level of, you know, trust that I can't assign the stuff that I sure. put on Facebook and Twitter, because they're, unacca- they're not accountable to anyone. You no, know, anyone can just come out and say anything, conspiracy theorists, rumors, whatever. And it's like, okay, I can look at that, but then I have to, you know, okay, you know, is this real or not? But yeah, when I turn to news, I, I want to know that this has gone through many levels of fact-checking and
0: yeah, just editorial control. Yeah.
1: And when that breaks down, I, I agree with you. Like, I think there should be severe consequences. I don't, I don't think this should be taken lightly at all.
0: Well, it remains to be seen if there'll be any kind of punishment for this, uh, for Lawrence O'Donnell for just doing something completely unethical here. Yeah. So on that note, it's going to bring us to the close of our episode, where we're going to go over some rapid fire things to keep an eye on. Uh, first and foremost... We got some news about the new uh, Democratic debate around 3. That'll be taking place September 12th. Just one night, not two. It's going to be a three-hour affair over in Houston, Texas. And the reason why it'll be one night is because it's just a group of 10 this time. Yeah. And we're going to have a lot of these big names actually facing off for the first time in the debates, finally.
1: I actually was not happy. I was hoping they'd get to 11 or 12 so we could have two different nights with oh yeah a smaller amount but once this came out and i thought about it i was like you know what this is actually better because we've never had you know biden sanders Warren's Warren, never faced him yeah on on the same stage at once it's it's been these different mixes and everything and just it's about time let's get all of them on the same stage and uh and you know let's let's yeah. really get down to this yeah
0: see what you got so the group of 10 is going to be um Biden, Booker, Buttigieg, Castro, Harris, Koblachar, O'Rourke, Sanders, Warren, and Yang. So you'll notice uh, uh, Kirsten Gillibrand actually just announced that she's dropping out of the race yesterday. Yeah. Guys like Tom Steyer didn't make the cut, didn't pull high enough. So I- I'm happy that this has been narrowed down a little bit. I think 10 is a much more manageable number. Now we can start seeing some good ideas float to the top and see... Uh, who really is the person to beat in this field?
1: Is there anyone in this list that you actually wish... I'm sorry. Is there anyone that didn't make this list that you actually wish made it Would into be this here? debate? Yeah.
0: Um, Bill de Blasio. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this was pretty much my dream list yeah. from the start.
1: <laughs> I think the, the people in the bubble were um, Tulsi Gabbard, and Steyer, I think. Yeah. They were right on the edge. Um, I kind of wish St- um, Gabbard had gotten in. I don't think there's anyone here I'd take out for her, but uh, I do wish I would have gotten to hear more from her. I, I thought she was interesting, but, yeah. you know, it's what it is. I think this is, a good, uh, this is a good list.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see how it all plays out. So, next topic we'll run through quick. Uh, it's actually very uplifting news. New Yorkers had their marijuana convictions overturned. Holy
1: um, shit! Which, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, this is awesome and a great first step just to get these records expunged for just minor convictions of a tiny bit of pot. Yeah. Um, it's ridiculous that people have been serving jail sentences over carrying, you know, a single blunt. Absolutely. Um, so uh, this is a great step in the right direction. I'm looking forward to other states continuing this trend, and hopefully, we can get this going nationwide.
1: Yeah, I know. I know New Jersey tried to uh, to move forward on some uh, marijuana-related um, legislation, and and they couldn't just get it through. But hopefully, they can they can get back to this. And if they haven't done this, which I don't know if they have, but hopefully, they can overturn convictions as well as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, it's just the right thing to do at this Absolutely. point. Absolutely, and then some. Uh, well, disheartening news, we've got a, a major hurricane that's heading to Florida this weekend. Uh, hurricane Dorian's coming, should be hitting Florida probably Monday, actual Labor Day, as a Category 3 or even a Category 4 storm, so that's nothing to mess around
1: with. So I have uh, a number of family members in Florida, and yeah, just definitely kind of hoping everything works out well. Puerto Rico kind of got spared, but uh, but yeah, it looks like Florida's going to get pretty, hit pretty hard so yeah everyone out there be safe uh don't take any chances your home i know is super important to you but the life of of your life and your family members lives are are way more important
0: well said so that's all we have for you this week dennis thank you so much for joining
1: no problem a
0: a great co-host there
1: Always love coming in, and uh, especially when Jeff's out. I get just a, <laughs> a little Ooh. bit of like, uh, I can just like stick into him just a little bit. Ooh, shots fired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Jeff, we hope you're having a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Um, and all of our listeners as well. Stay safe out there. Enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Remember, don't drink and drive if you're out there partying it up. Thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, this has been the Drinking Liberally podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at drinking underscore libpod. You can check out our footnotes on our website at www.drinkingliberlypod.com. And of course, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're checking this pod out. We truly appreciate everyone that's already done so. We'll talk to you all next week. Cheers.